seeking collaborations with influential people, at GZPR, we create passion-fueled collaborations that go beyond traditional representation, a performance agency that onboards new clients every month. Our focus is on POC collaborations. Contact us now at hellogzpr.com, a self-aware public relations agency exploring world perspectives with leading talents. Hello and welcome. My name is Tiffany Farag and welcome to Get to Know You, a podcast for those who want to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, where conversations can become stronger when we explore our thinking and behavior. Every Tuesday, a new question will be asked to a guest speaker, genuine people here to have insightful conversations. If you're looking for a different thoughtful gift, check out the 11 proven ways to deepen all your relationships in 2023. Link in description. My guest speaker today is a full-time software engineer at Google, a somewhat recent graduate of Morgan State University and the founder and executive director of Justice for Cameroon, an organization that works to shed light on the Anglophone crisis in Cameroon and help those affected. He is dedicated to building community through events with Chicago Tech Collective, which he co-founded, and his creation of multiple tech community group chats with thousands of members. Makunde is also working on a startup aimed at making it easier for people to gain the skills necessary to enter the tech industry. Welcoming Makunde to get to know you. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for that wonderful introduction. Yeah, thank you. Tell um, us first. Tell us about Justice for Cameroon. We'd love to hear more about it. So Justice for Cameroon is an organization I started about 2020. Wow, it's been three years. So I initially started it because a lot of people wanted to get involved with the Anglophone crisis and trying to help people and seeing how they can, you know, donate or donate their time and things like that. But people didn't really know who to donate to, who's trustworthy, how Mm -hmm. to do everything like that. So I actually came across um, an organization called Open Dreams by Chance. So I was still in school. I was in this thing called SEMO. Um, which isn't as important. So I won't get into that, but there was a pitch competition there. And in the pitch competition, I was looking through the judges because they have judges profiles. I noticed that one of the judges had a Cameroonian NGO and she was Cuban. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I asked um, uh, Yeri, the program coordinator, if she can get me in contact with her. Um, her name is Christina Kahlberg. And she was like, yeah. So I got in contact with her, started donating my time towards Open Dreams, which is pretty much an organization that gives students like a safe environment to learn. And they also give them scholarships to universities abroad, which include the United States, Ghana, Europe, other uh, parts and countries as well. So, yeah. And then when I got the information, I asked them if they knew other any other orgs. When I got that list, that inspired me to start this for Cameroon. That's amazing. I love how it, it all, like, you know, all these things, like, you know, things happened and, you know, you just noticed that with the judges. That's pretty cool, like, how it all aligned for you and how it all came about. And you're t- totally right. Like, a, a lot of the time, like, I think even with me, I remember when I was younger, like, before I wanted to put to charity or different organizations, I'm like, where are they putting the money? Like, are they trustworthy? And sometimes, too, you, you see these big organizations and you're like, wait, the people aren't even who need it aren't even getting the money. Like, it's it. sometimes a lot of the money and funding goes to paying 
paying the people to work in the organization and not actually the people that need the money for I know this organization in Australia. You know, you remember the bushfires that happened in Australia? Uh few uh, vaguely. Yeah, three years three years ago. Um there were these like all of Australia was just like on fire. And there were all these like people sending money because all people's houses are burnt down. And, you know, a lot of the money didn't actually go to these people. They're still in tents, in, in caravans. Like, they never saw the money. So, you know, it's it's quite important, I think, to, like, research into it. And I love that um, what you've created here and, and people can put um, money towards something where it actually helps people, um, you know, educated and travel and, and, and better, their, better their growth. Yeah, definitely. Like, we... We wanted to get because there's a lot of different orgs that have better SEO than um, like the orgs that we have on our uh, card link, which is anglophonecrisis.card.co, which is like where a lot of people share the links. But those orgs of major SEO usually like they don't only support Cameroon; they also support like five other countries, which is ah. great, great things, right? But we also wanted to really try to highlight those orgs that are really like in the community serving the people as well. So yeah. That's fantastic. We'll definitely put the link for that in the description for listeners to click and help out. Awesome. Yeah. No, absolutely. And so you went, so you've, you started this Chicago tech community. Um, We went, you know, we spoke about it earlier uh, about how and why you wanted to grow it. And now it's got like thousands of members. That's pretty, pretty amazing. And, you know, what's been, how, how has it grown just in the last, you know, a few months? So the Chicago tech community started off because I moved, well, context, I moved to Chicago. I'm from Maryland. I moved to Chicago in the summer of 21. So not too, too long ago, like August when I started working. Um, And this was like towards the tail end of like the lockdown of pandemic era. So things were starting to open up. A little bit, but like since it's been locked down for so long, there was wasn't much community around, and it was harder for me to like meet new people. Um, so beforehand, I, I'm I, a lot of my friends know me. I'm always on group me, like I'm a group me fiend. I had a group chat for like literally everything. I started off at Morgan State because um, I created a group chat for computer science majors because I felt like a lot of times we we're networking with all these other people. We know what everybody is doing it stuff for the people we talk to every single day like somebody you talk to in the same class you can be applying to a scholarship that you also qualify for and you should know about so that's why i created that group chat and then it started into like not just morgan state but just like a tech community in general then the google interns and it kind of spiraled to a lot of different things like a lot of tech group chats i'm probably somewhere in the admins for it so when I came to Chicago, I was like, oh, opportunity to make a new group chat. Okay, let's get it. <laughs> so I created a Chicago Tech Community group chat, which is probably about 400-something members right now. Um, but on our email list, we have about 600 people as well. And, yeah, so just going back to there was an Afrotech happy hour sometime in October of the year that I moved to Chicago. And I just literally like got everybody's contacts and I was like, hey, are you trying to join this group chat? And then it just started going from there, 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, et cetera. 
Yeah, that's amazing. I love how you, you you know, you have this initiative and you're bringing people together and you're, and you're having this, you know, it, the concept basically is helping people get into tech much easier, right? It's like helping people, showing them like it's that it's actually, it's more straightforward than how people, um, you know, picture. Everyone thinks, you know, software engineering and pictures, pictures like programming and, and tech. It's like you need to be like this, you know, no like next level calculus and linear algebra and like all this next level software engineering physics. You know, you have to study it on a on a like a intensive level to get into to be able to get into tech. Yeah, definitely, and I think it's it's two extremes though that are mainly shown. There's that screen that you just described, and then there's the other screen where, and there have been, especially during the pandemic, where people market it as like, oh, it's so easy, you know, I started coding two weeks ago, and now I have this six-figure job <laughs> with all these benefits. And there's a little bit of truth to both of those statements, but it's somewhere in the middle. Like, yes, oh. tech is not as intimidating as it seems, but at the same time, like, it will require work and intention Intention is the most important part because tech is such a broad field. So many things you can do. So like if you're not learning with intention, you're just going to be going nowhere. But yeah, with enough intention and dedication, then you'll be able to get that career muscle you want. And then the last thing I'll say is that um, I think it's also like the community is important because like I think a lot of the times we're always trying to talk to people who are like maybe a level above us where we want to be. And that's important. That has its own place. But we need to talk to other people who are trying to get to where you're trying to get to because there's things that are coming out every year. There's new things. Somebody who's successful five years ago won't understand what it takes to be successful today to a certain extent. Obviously, it's general things, but there's always new things coming out, um, new applications, new scholarships. So you need to talk to people who are trying to get it just like you. And they'll have a more realistic path of what is currently, what effort they're using and doing to get to what they're trying to go to. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned that because a lot of people, you know, when they're trying to grow, they want to re- they want to like reach that person who's had 10 years experience or is higher up in the thing, but they're not looking at, hey, who's down here with me or who's even behind me? Because like they, like you said, there's th- new things coming out all the time um, and, you know, it, it's advancing very quickly. So like go look up and look look who's behind you and you, the, you can always, you know, there's always something you can learn from anybody in any wherever they are on the scale or whatever. I actually started myself like I'm like oh you know I want to get into like Web three. I've been hearing about it. I'm like how do I start doing it? And I started doing this programming course like a ten week Web three. It's like it's it's hard, but it's like problem solving. Like you need to like it teaches you step by step. If, as long as you're going through mm. it step by step and you have a problem solving mentality, like you can do it. Yeah, definitely. Um... And that's how's the course been going so far? How long? How deep are you into it? I'm like, uh, like you know, I've made like you know they made us make NFTs, and then like they're talking about DEFs code or something, and all these new words and terminology that I'm hearing. But I'm like, okay, my my mind's overwhelmed. But I was like, you know, moving through it. I've stopped a bit now, um, just because like the podcast and and so on. But I still want to like you know, I like to like learn and understand it because I know everyone's a lot of investment is going into Web three and all of that. And I'm like, well, let me see if I can, you know, my head, my my as a kid, I was always like good in like mathematics and that's what I was like best in even in university like I did calculus and linear algebra at university <laughs> to be honest so um I'm like you know what I'll give it a go why let's let's just see uh another skill to have why not yeah definitely 
Like my friend who was a math major, she didn't even do any like computer science as in, in college. She's a, a software engineer now at um I think a fintech company or maybe some type of emerging technology. Um, not fintech. Um, cryptocurrency. Yeah. There we oh. Go. So. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think if you mm-hmm. have an interest, like the I think the biggest thing that drives you, and like what you said with like intention, like if you have an intention to do it, you have a strong interest to like, you know. There's there's like something that's driving you. You're gonna you're gonna um, find a way, and you're gonna you're gonna go into that path. Like there's a period of time where things are like overwhelming because it's all new, and then your mind like something happens and it shifts, and it's like shh, it clicks. I got it. So Definitely. yeah, and also I just realized I don't want to scare the viewers because uh, I said math earlier. And I know that's a very scary word. I barely do math. And- and my day-to-day job and all the time I had to do math was like college but my actual coding closures didn't have crazy math so if you're really interested about tech and you heard that math word and you're like oh no don't be scared it's it's not as uh intensive as you may think it may be yeah absolutely yeah that's totally that's totally true um a little bit first about I'm just quite curious about being an engineer a software engineer in Google I'd love to hear uh, a bit about that before we jump into the question listeners because that's quite interesting like Google's having some situations at the moment a lot of pe- people are being like uh, let go like thousands of people so like what's your you know how are you finding where you're at with Google at the moment yeah um so about two weeks ago Google laid off 12,000 employees and literally it, it was surprising not even a manager knew about it or my director um like all these all these like nobody saw it coming at all um oh, wow there's been a lot of yeah i it was literally just an email and you're like what like you're just reading the email well actually how i found out about the news was in the black google network chat somebody was like how do y'all feel about the news and i was like the news <laughs> so I was like, I go through my email and I start reading the email. I'm like, oh no, this is like, yeah. And some of the people who I know have been affected by it, unfortunately. And it's not even just like, oh, like they weren't high performers. Like they were high performers. Some people actually just got promoted recently. Oh wow. Um, and they got let go too. Yeah. So um they didn't really give us anything about where the layoffs were around. Um, but from what I've garnered, I think it's pretty much like if they probably product areas where they're trying to cut down on or like trying to save costs on. So like I work on search, for example, um, I have been, nobody in my direct team has been laid off or teams that we've collaborated with, but I course I'm just on a small search team. So this is an observation because I know, you know, I can't speak on behalf of like everybody, but I think from what I've seen, like product areas that are not as critical, a lot of people were not, didn't have job security. Um, whether they're high performing or not, um, even within search, there's some layoffs as well. So yeah, just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why do you guys think that your field or your department just didn't get that? Why? Like, what's your take on that? What do you think that that didn't happen? I really have. I don't really have like a big insight on that. I just this is just an observation for what I've seen that we weren't impacted. They didn't really give us details on why. Um, but I'm grateful definitely for opportunities to continue to work at Google and, you know, continue to grow and learn my day-to-day job to answer like your question, how it's like, um, so I work on search evals and evals is an internal tool that other search developers use to evaluate the quality of search results. And pretty much my day-to-day job entails like one, um, 
respond to like client requests or questions Mm -hmm. so client meaning like other search people like sometimes like something might be down or things like that and it's my job to figure out you know why the down is going on then I also have projects around like adding features to it um recently had a project that added a feature that um I guess I can explain in a way that made it easy will save memory by like re-scraping a fetch rather than um, creating a new fetch. Because before it would fetch each time, my features saved the fetch so it can be reused later. So different things like that, like adding new features to it, decreasing latency, and making sure that it's serving traffic. Interesting. And I work on a Google web server. Okay. So yeah, guys, listeners, nothing to do with maths. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing to do with math. No. Nice. No, that's interesting and that's fantastic. And I wanted to ask you about that, about the whole situation and, and like, you know, thankfully, right, you have a job. So that's amazing. Definitely. Right now, yes. Yeah. So listeners, our question that we're going to dive into, which I think is a, a, an incredible question. Um, we talked about it earlier, me and Makunde. The question is, how do you get people to see their capabilities? Now, when I first mentioned this to you, and before you did your own research and you maybe asked people so on, like, what did you think of the question? Um, I thought that it was an important question because a lot of time I wasn't able to see, like, my own capabilities either. Mm. And, and I was like, hmm, like, I would say most of the times when I have seen my own capabilities, it was because of somebody else. So that was also interesting. Yeah. Um, so what do you mean? Like somebody pointed it out to you, like, hey, you're really good at this. Yeah, like I'll give you a solid example. So I never thought I was good at writing. And there was some decent, you know, groundwork to that assumption because I wasn't good at writing at a certain point. Um yeah. and I never realized like, okay, at a certain point, like I got over that hurdle and my writing had improved until one of my teachers in high school, um, just probably like towards the end of high school, maybe it's junior or senior year. And they're like, wow, George, you're a really good writer. And then in my head, I'm like, I am? Am I? Is that interesting? Like, I never I never thought of myself as a good writer until that point in time. And that also gave me the confidence to, like, continue to write and, like, continue to, like, work on different things. And, like, I got to a certain point where when I got to college, like, if I was writing a scholarship essay to or to try to get into a program, it wasn't really a question of will I get it. It's like when will I get the when will I get it. I had like a very big confidence when applying the stuff, and that came from somebody else pointing it out in me. Yeah, absolutely. I like I you know you know I'd have to relate with you on that. Like for me, you know, things that I. You know, even just doing the podcast and having these conversations, and it came very naturally to me. And people were like, "Oh, this is so you, Tiff." Um, you know, people who know me for ten years and people who know me for two years. But it actually took a friend of mine to point out, "Hey, Tiff, you should start a podcast. Like, you love having diving deep into questions, having these, you know, real deep, com- enriching conversations, and you love meeting new people. Why don't you start the podcast?" And yeah, I started it from there. But I realized, wait, I'm actually this is my thing. Right, and it's it, it it's like that with with you know if I look at you know my life and things in the past and other other things or skills that I had or, or have or whatever, you know it's all because um, 
you know, there's something I did know that I was good at. I would say I was say mathematics. Like <laughs> maths is actually my thing. Was my thing a lot quite when I was young. Um, but I thought I thought that was kind of like my only thing. And then you know, as I'm somebody who's quite curious, I realized wait. I have capabilities in other things. Um, I think being curious helped me identify that. But a lot of people aren't so curious sometimes. They're very fixed in what they have and what they know and don't want to try anything. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's when it comes into like trying to, I guess like the first step of like answering the question of like how to see other people's, get other people see potential is like pointing it out like hey like there's something that you're good at but also maybe if they're really fixed or not curious showing how what they're good at can translate into another thing or another skill that can feed into it yeah sure that's true like you know i think i i'm sure you've done it too have you you know you told, told friends or someone hey you're really good at this and they don't believe you like I, I, I always repeat this one thing to another fan. It was actually had to do with writing. I'm like, you're so good at writing. You should put it out there. You're so good at it. Like I've read so many of your things. You know, put it out there. Write, write book. Write, write something. And the and the friend doesn't believe you. Like you know, many people don't believe, don't believe what they're hearing. So it's hard. It's like you need to do something else. You know, you know. There's like I looked. I did my own research behind this question. And there's and there's two sides of how people, you know, why people don't see the capability. So the first finding I found was in this study. The study was called, Do People Have Insight on Their Capabilities? A Metasynthesis Published by Perspectives on Psychology, Psychological Science. So the finding was that indicated that people have only a moderate insight into their abilities, but also underscore the contextual factors that enable accurate self-perception of ability. So it's not clear. It's kind of moderate. It's in the in the fifty fifty area. But then on the yeah. other side, have you heard of the, you know the Dunning Kruger effect, right? Where the people uh, who are, so the Dunning Kruger effect is where people who have the least skilled, they're like they're just not skilled at all. They overestimate their capabilities. So are there are people on that side of the scale as well. But a lot of people are actually in the. You know, maybe they see it, maybe they don't. Um, I think now, I don't know, I think more so, maybe because of social media and people seeing what other people are doing, people are really, like, underestimating themselves and not trying or being too scared to try because they see, oh, everybody else is doing it. This person is better than me. I have nothing to offer. I, I can't, I'm not good at anything. I think that's kind of what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing happening more. What do you think? I agree with you. Like, imposter syndrome is definitely, a real thing. I've seen it in myself um, even today. Uh, I've seen it with a lot of my friends. Just because like I gave you like, like especially when I first started interning at Google like my very first time because I was like I'd started coding my freshman year of college and a lot of the people there, they've been coding since they had diapers on um, and I was like, wow, these people are so smart and like I'm just here because I'm gonna lie, my first two internships I had no idea what I was doing for like the first month and a half, um, which is the, the internship is three months. So like half of the time I had no idea what was going on. So I was like, wow, like I have no idea what I'm doing. All these other smart people are here. Like I'm not going to get a return offer. But then like, I forgot who it was, my manager or somebody on the BGN team. They were just like, yo, like full-time employees have no idea what they're 
doing either. Like, you're good. Like, all these interns who you're looking up to, like, yes, they're doing good, but like, nobody, like, you're, you're all ended up here at the same place for a reason, no matter where you started off at. Um, and like, you can't compare yourself to others. You just have to compare yourself to yourself and your own progress because the person is a thief of joy. So I was like, okay, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, we're all interns, we're all here for a reason. Regardless of the skill you enter that, you're here to learn. And that's the most important thing, I think. Like me realizing like I'm here to learn. And like it's somewhat different on a full-time job, but ultimately yeah. it's still you're still there to learn. Like they expect you to learn on the job. They don't expect you to know everything the first day. And that's something that I was like, okay, like this gives me a little bit more reassurance. Um, but I'm also interested in like seeing where where people who have like little skills but big confidence like they're how they go about like because i'm pretty sure like with with enough confidence and finesse like you can be you can pull off a lot of good stuff even if you're not up there and the skills just yet yeah that's well that's what's been happening like if you like i'm sure you can identify people yourself i'm sure you know of people but a lot of there are a lot of people who are underskilled and they're like overestimating themselves and you know preaching and saying a, a lot of things i think you know it can I think you, you can definitely learn the skills, but I think it's a matter of thinking that you know everything already. That's what will hinder you, you know. And I think some mm-hmm. of these people do that and they, like, block it out and they, they don't, um, you know, they don't know how to listen or hear perspective or continue. Like, they're not trying to learn. You know, people like. Uh, I see. Like, they don't yeah, keep definitely. going, you know. Like, it's like people who are in certain it, you know, if you, whatever, in my opinion, I think in whatever field you're in or whatever, you have to have that mindset of, you know, continuing learning. Like you want to, okay, okay, what what else can we do? Oh, okay, oh, what's changing? What's growing? Like you need to have that kind of, that mindset, but not everybody, not everybody does. And hence the Dunning-Kruger effect where, um, you know, you know, you see it in many leaders. There are many leaders who are like, how is this person leading a country or leading the business? Mm. Right, and they're like incredibly okay. underskilled. Okay, yeah, no. So now I understand because I thought it was just a matter of confidence. I'm like, you know, I don't think it, I don't think it's a bad thing because they probably get a lot of opportunities because of their confidence. Um, but yeah, if it's the fact that you know they they think that they know everything, now I see where the main problem lies because they it's, they're not learning. They're not. That's the whole point of it. No, it's just all, it's like all talk. There's all, well, not all talk, but there's just, there's, they don't have the skill or the information or the, you know, they don't have it. But it's just, um, it's like a facade in a sense. Um, but yeah, so there's that kind of people. But uh, what would you say then? Like, you know, we, we keep coming back to the question, like how do you get people to see the capabilities? I think, like we said, one is telling them. Um, and then like we said again, most people don't want to li- or don't listen or don't trust your voice. I think sometimes, um, they need to hear it from people who aren't closest to them. So it's like, if it's a good friend, sometimes they won't listen to you. And if it's like a family member, like they, they weren't, you're not going to listen to the family member either. Like, you know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't listen to the people closest to them. It's like, they almost need someone who they know, 
kind of, or maybe that saw them at somewhere or something is like, hey, I read your piece, blah, blah, blah. That was amazing. That kind of thing or like randoms to tell them how good something is or isn't, or maybe they posted it on Instagram or they posted it somewhere. And for someone who they don't know to tell them, I think that helps people see their capability somehow, like instead of it being someone they clo- they know really well because they think, oh, they're just telling me what I want to hear. They're trying to make me feel good. Yeah, definitely, because like somebody who doesn't know you well has no incentive to lie to you, usually. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, when you hear it from somebody else who's not like your family or friend, you're like, oh, okay, uh, maybe my parents aren't crazy or, <laughs> you know, maybe my friend was right. Like, maybe I should continue trying this thing out because I'm other people are saying it yeah exactly i read that you know there's a study that i read as well i think i've I've heard a couple of people mention it how they're like if you have a skill or a talent or something they say don't like you know people will like keep it hidden or keep it to themselves they actually say it's beneficial for you and for others to share it to let people see it if you maybe write a piece or you it's you know if you're into like music or whatever it is or a book, a podcast, whatever it may be, I think uh, the research shows it's like, hey, put it out there and it like forget about needing it to become something. Just see how it affects people on on a on a small scale, like one person. For one person to say, yep. hey, that that you know that did something for me, or that touched me, or that resonated really strongly with me. Um you know, it, it's uh, it's beneficial for you and for the people listening or reading or watching or whatever it is that they'll do with whatever it is that you put out there. I definitely agree. And I have like two points based off that. Like one, like not everything, because I feel like a lot of times people are like perfectionists or like yeah. they're really trying to like monetize everything. And not everything has to be perfect when you first put out or you don't even have to have a plan to monetize it. Like you can just put it out there and see what it becomes. You know, you don't have to wait until there's a finished product. Just get the MVP out there and start talking about it. And it goes, the second point is like, just talking about like not being afraid to talk about things. Um, So I'll give you an example. So this was like maybe summer 2019 or so. And I was a Google intern at this point in time. And I was creating a program for high school students in the Bay Area to come to Google. Uh, for a day to learn about the different careers in tech, you know, have like a little resume workshop, help them where find a college, et cetera, et cetera. At that point in time, because I'm not from the Bay Area, right? So I was having a hard, like everything was set up, almost everything was set up. I was having a hard time finding students to apply for it. Um, and this, I was going to a party called, well, like a block party called First Fridays in Oakland for people who are familiar in the Bay Area. And I was going with my friend and I just, you know, I, I was just talking about it um, in general. And his dad happened to have like a nonprofit focused around education in the Bay Area. And he's like, oh, really? That's what you're doing? Yeah, I can help you out. And then as soon as he uh, started spreading it as networks, within like a week, we had 30 signups from oh. zero. Amazing. So it was like... There is no way, unless I was like vocal about things I was doing and interested in, there's no way we would have been able to have a connection. So like, I'm not saying somebody's always going to be there to like, oh, this is what you need, but it's good just for people to know and have you in mind, like, okay, this person makes music. This person edits videos. When that time comes around, they're like, okay, George said he, he edits videos. Let me go to him. 
I totally agree with that. Like that, like my experience has been the same. Like literally the minute, like whatever it is that you're doing, I know like people say, don't talk about maybe don't talk about everything or don't talk about whatever, but you know, share, like if you're like, Oh, I've been thinking about doing this or I started doing this or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get this happening now. Like you, you know, put yourself out there, have conversations, meet people. Cause you don't know, um, but you know, whatever it is that you're doing, like, you know, people come into your life and cross your path in weird ways and weird times. Like, like you just mentioned there, like, you know, it, it, it really is like, well, that's kind of bizarre. And, and if you had, didn't have that conversation or you didn't mention that, like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have eventuated. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's why I'm always like, don't be afraid to, it's not even promoting yourself. Just talk about things you're interested in. And a lot of times you get aligned with the people who are also interested in the same things. Totally true. Absolutely. And I really do think, you know, like weirdly, you know, somehow you're in the right place at the right time and you're talking to the right person at the right time. Weirdly it happens. It's like, how did that happen? Like I couldn't have orchestrated it, but it does. Yeah. It's, it's, it's almost kind of like, I don't know how to explain it. Not like fate, but like, it's like this thing is meant to happen. And like, you just got to, you know, walk into the opportunity. Honestly, you know what? I feel like this podcast with me and you was meant to happen. Our birthday's on the same day. And like, <laughs> we have a mutual friend. It's like, we were meant to talk, you know? It's weird, right? <laughs> it's so funny. So funny. That was really funny. Our birthday's March 27th, by the way, people. <laughs> you guys want to send us a present or anything? Yeah, if you want to send us a gift or something. <laughs> no, awesome. Well, I've really loved having this conversation with you, Makunde, and it's just been amazing. The last question I always ask my guest speakers is, how has the conversation with me right now made you reflect or highlight anything to you? What's really, you know, really come into your mind? Um, I think the what made me reflect the most was just thinking about, like, pointing – well, other people pointing out – and other people pointing out my potential to me because I've realized like almost like everything I'm doing on the side wasn't just something I woke up one day and I was like I'm gonna do this mm. it was kind of like somehow some way like 15 nooks and crannies lined up at the same time and I ended up in this position and then I just took advantage of it like interning at Google my uh, teacher was a Google residence professor at Morgan State University, which was pretty much like a pretty much it's full time software engineers at Google teach at there. And he's the one who told me about the internship in the first place mm-hmm. and pretty much like t- like forced me to apply because I was not pl- going to apply at first. And I only apply on the day of the deadline. And like, yeah, literally wow. the, the deadline is the day I applied um, <laughs> just for Cameroon. It was something in my back of my mind, but I didn't do it until you know, I was able to be in this, you know, SEMO is actually a very hard program to get inside of. So getting inside that program and then being in the pitch competition and then seeing the judge and then talking to the judge. And then so like so many different things, like um, with Chicago Tech Collective, like running into um, some of my business partners at an event and then, you know, going into that. So like just take advantage of all the opportunities that when you're called to action, like answer the call is basically what I'm saying. 
Oh my God, that's the best. Well said. I love that. I really do. And I'm. it's crazy how that all happened and aligned for you. And I just love that last line that you just said there. That's just amazing. And where can people find you, Makunde, and your Justice for Cameroon and the Chicago um, like email or do you guys have a, a Instagram or so on? I'll put all those um, links in the description. Awesome. So you can find me on Instagram at G underscore Makunde, um, Chicago Tech Collective at Shy Tech Collective. Well, Shy Tech C L L C T. Um, Justice Cameroon at Justice Cameroon. Um, on Twitter, Justice Cameroon without the four. Hopefully, all this will be in the description because I know it's yeah. going to be hard for you. Send, that to, you send them to me. I'll, I'll, send, put you, them in the I'll description. send you everything. I'll send you everything. Um, yeah, if you want to be in any of the, the email lists, um, the link will also be there on the description as well. And yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for listening to Get to Know You. If you enjoyed this podcast, rate, review, and share the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. You can tag me at Get to Know You Podcast. In my mission to open conversations and access deeper dialogue, I want to hear from you listeners the question again, how do you get people to see their capabilities? Leave an audio, a video, or a message on the Facebook or Instagram page of your response to today's question, including your name and where you're from. We'll include some different responses Sponsors in next week's Get to Know You Cafe to further deepen dialogue on this topic. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss, be sure to tag me in a post with your question. Join us every Tuesday on Get to Know You.